You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. This is not a typical Saturday, by the way, people. It is freezing outside. Oh, my God. I walked the dogs last night, like 1130. I almost blew it another town. It is very, very, very cold. So I say, please be careful. Please be safe. But here's the thing. And here's the beauty of this freezing cold day and this freezing cold weekend. It comes at the perfect time. Let's go for a walk. Let's go outside. It's too cold. We can't. I have to watch football. That's it. 4.30 today. 8.15 tonight. 1 o'clock. 4.30. 8.15 tomorrow. And the bonus game. Right? The bonus game on Monday night. An ESPN vehicle. The Rams and the Cardinals. This is, I think next weekend to me is the best football weekend of the year because you get the great teams also. I don't consider Tennessee to be a great team, but you get you get the upper echelon teams, right? You get the one seeds now involved next weekend, so maybe the games are a little better. But as far as just a jam-packed weekend, this is, this is as good as it gets. Two games today, three tomorrow, as good as it gets. Now, I think it's fair to say the, the one game that you'd be most excited to watch if I said you could only watch one is the Niners and the Cowboys. That would be my guess, but there's not a game here that you're not interested in. Not a game. And you set your weekend by it, like a a clock, and and it's gorgeous because, you. I mean, it's too cold to even go outside. So that's not really even an option, right? So stay inside, maybe make a fire, put the games on, lock away. Uh, We have a lot to do today, as we always do on on the Saturday. We'll do a little Knicks, a little Nets, certainly. Uh, Knicks making a trade, and we'll see how that pans out. How often does this happen, by the way? You make a trade, and the first team you play is the team that you made the trade with. That's what you get tonight. Knicks and Hawks. Cam Reddish goes back to Atlanta, and we'll see what he can contribute to the Knicks. Nets, the Nets are funny, because the Nets are, we play Chicago. And by the way, that, that was ridiculous. The game started at 10 o'clock. How a game in Chicago could start at 10 o'clock? That's, that's a 9 o'clock local start. Could you imagine if we had a 9 o'clock start here in New York? People would freak out if the Knicks or Nets started at 9. Ridiculous. I know it was for TV, but it was ridiculous. I wanted to watch that game. I could watch, like, the first quarter. All right, but regardless of that, so the the Nets are funny because they go into Chicago and they hammer them. Hammer them because that's a game that they cared about. And then when it's games they don't care about, they can lose to Oklahoma City by 20. That, That defines the Nets. And you can say whatever you want about them. Their season will come down to one thing, and that is do they win a championship or not. That's it. If they win a championship, success. If they lose game seven, triple overtime to Golden State, their season has been a failure. So we'll get to the NBA as we move forward here this morning. Uh, Obviously, the NFL will go through all the games. R.J. Bell going to join the show at 11 o'clock. We'll do a frenzy with him at 11.15. We've got Stump Rothenberg at 10.30. We had a great start to 2022 with Stump Rothenberg last week. The band is back together. Uh, Ty was out last week. Ty is now back. Jake is still here. So we, I mean, this is, this is good stuff today. Very good stuff. And like I mentioned, we'll go through all the games and we'll analyze them and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's funny. I was so excited and ready to go. And 
And then I heard this promo right before this show started. So we go on at what, 9.02, and I hear a promo at like 9.01 and 20 seconds. And it's, you know, the man with the deep voice. And he comes on. Well, Dave Gettleman has retired. And now Joe Judge has been fired. Can we stop with this charade of Dave Gettleman has retired? Stop it. Shame on my station. Shame on, I mean, enough. Dave, why, why does Dave Gettleman deserve this ultimate incredible respect for, you know, here's your watch. Thank you for your service. We're moving in a different direction. Dave Gettleman did not retire. Dave Gettleman was fired. Dave Gettleman was was awful at his job. I mean, really. I mean, if if we finished third, and I said this to Rick, if we finished 39th, my show finished 39th, and my contract ran out, would it be, well, Dave and Rick have decided to retire? No. No, ESPN has decided we are so bad at our jobs that we don't deserve to have them anymore. So why, why do we have this whole song and dance that Dave Gettleman has retired from the Giants? That being said, let's move past it. The Giants, who are, and I said it weeks ago, <coughs> and it was met with, with laughs and, oh, that's not true, and they're the Giants and all this respect. The Giants have now morphed into not the Jets, not the Jaguars, not the Texans, not the Bears, the Giants have now morphed into the biggest laughing stock in the NFL. And I said it about, I don't know, six weeks ago to Rick. I said, you know, the Giants are a laughing stock. And he said, laughing stock? He said, they're still one of the, the premier franchises in the NFL. They may be one of the premier franchises in the NFL who also happens to be a laughing stock right now. And that's what they are. That being said, I actually have kind of a positive take on where the Giants are right now. Now, you can't deny the fact that there's legitimate draft capital, right? You have five picks in the top 80. You have the fifth pick. You have the seventh pick, all right? So right away, you're going to bring in not, not just reinforcements. You're going to bring in legitimate pieces that should be able to help your team immediately. Dave Gettleman retired. So you're hoping that you're going to bring in a GM who's capable and competent and good and progressive and forward-thinking. And then you have the whole conversation. We had it last week. We've had it for weeks and weeks and weeks. How do you keep Joe Judge if you move on from the GM and now it's not aligned? You don't allow your GM to pick the coach. That's what loser franchises do. And let's be fair. That's what the Giants have been, a loser franchise for about a decade now. They had the, the one blip where they had this great season and Odell and the defense and Landon Collins and, and, and Eli and all of it which ended in getting hammered in a playoff game at Lambeau Field. All right? But they, they actually did the right thing. So let's think about what the Giants have done now. All right? You were completely horrified, and, and me as well, and everybody. I mean, the laughing stock. You know, like Ryan Clark, there are people are laughing at them. Aaron Rodgers is doing his, his podcast with Pat McAfee, and they were laughing. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Laughing. At what the Giants are doing. Well, you're telling me on a second and nine from the three, you're doing a quarterback dive. And then on third and nine, you're doing the same thing again. Laughing. Hysterical at the Giants. So that's what they have now become. But they have Gettleman retire. And they fire Joe Judge. 
And now all of a sudden, it feels like the Giants are conducting business differently than they typically do. Right, the John. Well, we don't. We're not going to have this guy who's been in that organization for 50 years. Then we'll bring in the next guy up. We'll we'll bring in right. If the Giants hired Kevin Abrams, who doesn't even feel like it's it's an idea that they're going to go in this direction, you'd say same old Giants. How disappointing! They're going to do the same thing they always do, but they're not. They're not. The Giants are actually interviewing guys from Buffalo and Baltimore and Tennessee, and Arizona. What's the coincidence? Buffalo, really good. Turned it around really quickly. Baltimore, always good. Arizona, they've been good. Tennessee, they're very good. This is what you want. You want to go to one of the better teams in football and take from them and bring it to you and be progressive and be aggressive and trade back. And be different than you've been. Because let's be honest, guys. What the Giants have been over the last decade is bad. Right? What the Giants have been in the last decade is bad. And it has to change. But I actually feel like it is. So this is not a Rothenberg's going to, you know, turn on the mic and just go crazy for the disaster that, in fact, the Giants are. Kind of just the opposite. I actually kind of feel good. I actually kind of feel free. Like I can I can breathe. They moved on from the GM. They moved on from the coach. This is not John Mara saying, all right, next in line within the organization, you take over. That's what we do. That's the Giants' way. It hasn't worked. It's brought you to be a laughing stock, right? Jerry Reese, he worked until it didn't. Dave Gettleman never worked. Pat Shermer never worked. Ben McAdoo worked, and then it didn't. Joe Judge didn't work. Let's be fair. The end of Tom Coughlin didn't work. It's been a long time coming, and the Giants fan has had to endure a lot. I know the Jets fan is sitting there saying, well, how about us? Listen, I'm, I, I, I agree. And then the Jets fan has been through the ringer as well, but this is not about the Jets. The Jets feel like they are, and, and I think – Right, at least competent, at least you, you like Salah and, and you like Douglas and hopefully the quarterback's going to be good and it feels like the Jets are moving in the right direction. Well, you know what? Today, for the first time in a long time, I think you feel like that about the Giants too. Now, there's work to be done. You absolutely have to hire the right GM. You absolutely have to hire the right coach. But I think if you do that properly over the next week or 10 days, this will be a completely different feel of an organization. And that's what we are just desperate for. I mean, do you understand what that, and you do, I know you do, and I say this kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, what it's like to be a fan of the Giants? And I, and I know all the, well, you've won four Super Bowls. Okay, and that's fine. But the Yankees fan freaks out when their team, like, gets into the playoffs and loses in the playoffs. The Giants haven't been above 500. Above 500 in five full seasons. That is really remarkable to do. But it feels to me like this is a change on the horizon. You know a new GM. You know a new head coach. You're going to have a different philosophy. And here's what you have to do. Because I think you have to. 
You have to be patient, and you have to believe. You got what you wanted. Now just sit back and hopefully, and I think so, they're going to get this thing right. Because it's the first time in a long time that they've decided the way we go about business, the way we impart what we do into this team and to this league is broken. It's broken. John Mara said this week, I'm embarrassed. This is the low point of what, what we've been since I've been here. John Mara's been involved in the Giants his entire life. He's 67 years old. This is the low point. They're fumbling games away in the 70s. People were burning tickets in the 70s, flying airplanes over the stadium, saying, sell the team. What a disaster, right? That's where we were in the 70s. And this is the low point? It is for me. It probably is for you if it is for the owner. It's time for a change. Change is happening. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. And this Monday, it'll be three weeks ago, and I'm still not right. And I, I can hear the jokes. Like, oh, you're never going to be right. But really, like, I'm still not right. Every, You know, it's so weird because half the people I know are like, oh, I didn't even realize I had COVID, but I have it, and I was fine. And then half the people are like, oh, my God, it was really, really bad. All right, that being said, he wasn't here last week, and I, I don't think anybody really missed him because he's, you know, he's a guy that, that, that some people love and some don't care for. But I missed him, and that's what matters. And he's back today, and that is Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, David. You, you say you missed me. Uh, there is evidence that would suggest otherwise, but more on that in a moment. It is good to be back with you because it's not just the first time we are together in the year of 2022. It's the first well, it time. Is, in, though. It, it's the first time in, in about a month. It, it's been that long since we. I, I actually think the last show we did together was December the 18th. That's correct. So yes, you you in fact are very accurate that this is the first show in nearly a month and our first show together in 2022. Yeah, and I'm excited to be back. You know how sometimes like you go take a long nap, and for me, like I've got Twitter notifications set up so that anytime Schefter, Woj, Shams, really. Jeff Passan. I would. I got to be honest. I wouldn't even know how to do that. Yeah. Anytime they tweet, I get the notification because we know they're going to break a story at some point. So if one of those guys sends a tweet, you get like a ding on yes. your phone that, that wants a you to nice know, all right, ding. Ty, something could be happening. Something could be or something is happening. All right. So you, sometimes you go for a nap, maybe two, three hours. You wake up to a bunch of Twitter notifications. The reason why I bring that up is because like it feels like that's happened here. Like since the last time we talked, so much has happened. I mean, the Knicks, they are trending upward. They are trending upward. Uh, the, the net, Kyrie Irving's playing basketball again. Uh, you've got uh, the, the the Giants. They've got vacancies at the GM and head coach position. The they Jets sure do. went toe-to-toe with both the Bucks and the Bills. And so, so much has happened. But despite that, for some reason, the, the one thing that I can't get off my mind mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is this right here. Robert Zamarius says this guy is so much nicer and kinder than the normal guy you have on Saturday morning. <laughs> well, that's because you and Ty butt heads, but that's also because he's a Jets fan. So we're on the same team with a lot of stuff. We're on opposite yeah, sides. I, of- I find that he's just he's confrontational. So you say you miss me, but then you say those things about me. It, well, it's, why can't it's both amazing. be true? It, it why, can't. why can't I miss you? But enjoy a week away from you to make the heart grow fonder and admit that listen, you 
tend to be confrontational. It's and this is where the the struggle happens because people pretend like if you watch the NFL and you see like a, a player pick up an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty because he got into a situation with the player. Typically, it's the one retaliating that is penalized. Like you didn't see the first hit, you just saw the person who retaliated. So when you say I'm a bad guy, people miss the shots that you're taking at me. I, I'm I'm just. I'm just throwing it back at you. I'm def- I'm defending myself. Well, you know what? I'd like to to say maybe 2022 we can have a clean slate and be nice to each other. Maybe we can do that. Maybe that's what we should try and do. Here's what I'd like, Jake. I'd like you to be the arbiter here. I would like you to determine when one of the two of us becomes mean or belligerent to the other one. That's going to happen a lot, but I think I can do that. I- I'm not going to do it. Be the be the, the 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 person who sets the tone. Don't be what you did last week. Listen. Uh, I'm in my car. Uh, I'm driving somewhere. I-, I was sick, unfortunately. Um, did you have COVID? I-, I did have COVID. Oh, so you had it as well. Tested positive. The entire family did. And just to give you a peek behind the curtain, my son got really sick. Unfortunately, we had to go to the hospital. And he's little. And he's six months old. Oh. So it was very terrifying. But to God be the glory, he's all good. Um, we're all trending in the right direction. So I decided that on my drive to the hospital, since I wasn't allowed to stay overnight, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tune You're in, gonna to, tune in to the Dave Rothenberg show. That's, that's a wise decision. You could argue that there are, there are like three people on the planet as good as Dave at, at opening a show. Like his his opening monologue is fantastic. So I say, let me listen to the show. Right. It, it, you know, you captivated me. You delivered. But then the second segment, here's how it starts. He's really like the Julius Randall of, um, of producers. But we don't have that today because Ty is a little under the weather. But we do have... Maybe maybe an upgrade. I don't know. We have uh, the great Jake Montgomery. Good morning, Jake. So the Julius Randle, maybe an upgrade. You're just taking shots at me all show long in my all right, absence. Well, you know what? It starts clean today. Today it starts clean. A, I think you're very sensitive. I think a lot of it was tongue-in-cheek. But it starts clean and fresh today. Jake is the arbiter. My goal for the entire year is just to be better, is be to better. not make fun of you and to be better. You should be better. And you know why? Um, a lot of things are happening for you. There, there was a a possibility you were going to have to do this show with Joe Jet still being the head coach of your football right. team. But fortunately for you and Giants fans, he's unemployed now. And, that, and you should feel pretty good about your situation moving forward. I do. Listen, I opened the show with positivity. I went to break, and Jake's like, "I like positive, Dave. I feel good about it yeah, because, because I you- look at." I look at who they're talking to. They're talking to guys that you look at. You're like, boy, that guy has a real, a real future, and this guy has potential, and this team is so good, and that guy's involved in in some of the determinations. People want the job. Head, I don't. I don't care what anybody. I don't care if Adam Schefter. If you get an alert, Ty, and Adam Schefter says the Giants is not an attractive job, I don't care. It is. It still is. It's New York. It's the Giants. It's one of the big franchises in all of football. This is a plum job. The organization is in a downturn right now. It the is. organization has spiraled right now. But I, you, no one that walks the earth can convince me that this organization, that this team, that this franchise is not considered a it really might, good job. It might be the least attractive of all the openings. No, you're out of your mind. It might be. You are you are out of your mind. So make the case that another uh, another opening is, is least or is more attractive, or the Giants organization is more attractive. Now than I, I will team. say this: the Giants may not be close to winning anything, 
if if that's kind of the the question that you're saying. And I would agree with that. Like I, I think that listen, Jacksonville. Has, I think they have the quarterback. Yeah, they have the number one pick. It's right? more attractive. So, that's more attractive. Yes. There's, there's no there's no way. There is no chance that if you offered any elite coach, you can have the Giants' job or the Jaguars' job. That they would say the Jaguars' job is is in the future the more attractive. If position. you're just no if way. You're, but Dave, we we just saw Joe Judge get fired after two years. You don't get that long in the NFL. And fair or unfair, like he was not given. The, the right roster construction, they, but tie, he, he they, also they didn't took, deliver. They went backwards. But that's he my point. He was 10 and 23. But that's the all point. All the Dave. Giants had to do, all first of all, all he had to do was shut up. <laughs> if he just doesn't give these these rambling press conferences and just embarrass himself to epic proportions, he'd still be employed. Four wins or not. But all he had to do was win seven games. Go seven and ten. And we would be discussing year three with Joe Judge. No, of course. But what I'm saying is, like, the Giants, it's it's not unattractive, right? Like, it's, it's, still, a, it's still a prestigious organization. But what I'm saying is, uh, given, like, the lifespan of, of these head coaches now and how impatient the organizations can be, you can come into this job. Look, your two best players, you could argue, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, on rookie contracts, which is an ideal situation to be in, despite that you have literally no cap space. Only four teams has have fewer dollars in cash space than you, so it's not like you're coming into a, a situation rich with money. No, yeah, you, got you don't have a lot of money. Here's you the thing: the, you don't have a lot of money, and you, you probably don't have the quarterback. But you have a lot of draft capital, and hopefully, you'll be teamed with a very good general manager. Hopefully, that's the hope. Uh, you, you you think Houston is a more attractive job? Come on. Well, um, listen. I mean, we did, we saw is Davis Mills a better quarterback than than Daniel Jones right now? Maybe sure. so. The Texans were a lot more competitive, and by the way, I, I think you are. I think you are way off and, base. And listen, Dave, Houston, they actually do have a quarterback. His name is Deshaun Watson. He might not ever play it down with them. Yeah, but that'll that'll He's bring them back traded. riches. Yes, of, yes two gonna, or three first round. Yes. I get it, but they're. I'm telling you, if you if you told Jim Harbaugh, who I think everyone would consider to be one of the one of the bright coaches in all of football, well, you like him or not, he's he's a terrific coach. You can have the Giants' job or the Texans' job. What do you think he's taking? I think he would. It's a unique situation, but I think he would take the Giants, uh, and only because I think he'd have more power within the Giants organization than he would with Houston. You win in New York, and you're a conquering hero. But how close are you to winning in New York? Oh, you're you're nowhere near. But but again, you're nowhere near now. But all of a sudden, if you step in it or you make the right move or you quickly turn this thing around, which is possible, we see it all the time. That's that's why it's so flummoxing to me that the Giants have been bad for so long. Do you know how hard it is to be bad for so long in this league? And to have nothing to show for it. Like Not, I mean, almost chippers. nothing. If I said to you, what are the positive pieces around the Giants? It's like four. <laughs> like Andrew Thomas, I think, is very good. Xavier McKinney, very good. Right? Blake Martinez, when healthy, is good. Leonard Williams is good. But, that, I mean, there's really Graham, there's not a lot that you look Graham at. Graham like, that's your kicker. That, if we're getting to your kicker stop at it. five. I mean, if he's a top five <laughs> piece on your team. Let me ask you something, Dave. Who's, so who's responsible for, and this goes that this goes back. Uh, let me just reiterate. I'm not disagreeing with you about the Giants. It's an attractive position to be in. It's the Giants. It's, it's always going to be attractive. It's the Yankees. Like the, the, we know that. My, my question to you is, who's selecting the GM? Uh, the ownership group. Okay. Why do we have any confidence that today they're going to be better than they were I'll two tell you years why. ago? It's a, it's a nice question, and I'll tell you why. Because every time up till now, they've done it the old way. They've done it with the, the, their feet stuck in the mud, their old habits of 
we have a guy in our organization or a guy we're comfortable with, and that's who we promote, right? It's, it's Jerry Reese takes over for Ernie Acorsi. He's our guy. He gets the job. Jerry Reese is gone. Who do we know that, that's out there that we have a relationship with? Oh, Dave Gettleman, who really was horrendous in his job with Carolina, and the players detest him. But we know him, and we're comfortable with him, so we're going to put Dave Gettleman in that role, and then he's going to run things. And he was horrendous at this job. It's the first time since I'm six in 1979, where the Giants have said, you know what? It's not working. It's not working. We need to go another way. That's why. I'm glad you asked the question, and I'm glad I had the answer for you. That's why. Because they are finally going outside their comfort zone to hire someone that has no connection to this storied franchise. None. Does it concern you? And I know we got to get to a break. Does it concern yeah. you a little bit? That there was, you know, a, a high chance Joe Judge, who clearly was overmatched, that they were going to bring him back. If not for the embarrassment of the press conferences, and I think they were also embarrassed by, you know, the fans not showing up to that final game. It, it, it was just so pathetic. Yeah, it was. They it, were it was entertaining. A, a John Merrill of events that entertaining to... bringing this guy back. That's the same guy who's going to be making these two critical decisions. They were going to bring Joe Judge back if not for those two events. Well, I think they wanted to. But they they figured out at the end, and I, I think that Tish had a big hand in this. We 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 just can't. So no, what do I care? That concerns me that they were going to bring this guy back, but they didn't. I, I if if they, they had, I'd be very upset. But they didn't. It should have never I'm been I'm going a to look at it positively that they're going to make the right hire a GM who's going to make the right hire at coach, and this changes now. It changes now. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven. Seven six. He tie was off a week. He's very, he's got a lot to add today. He's very verbose, very chatty, and we love it. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Ty, my dear producer friend, we're an hour into our 2022 together, and there's been nothing but love and admiration for each other so far. Question for you. Oh, I've got an answer. Um, what time? Did you receive the first Stump Rothenberg call today? Uh, that would be 9.35 and 17 seconds. In the studio, we get seconds on the clock as well. So you, you looked exactly, and that, that yes. was the time. Yeah, because it's always fascinating to see. And I say, listen, uh, with all due respect, I, I'm excited that you love this segment so much. I cannot. I get six lines. We've got, nine, we've got an hour left of a uh, talk show to do before we get to that segment. I can't leave you on hold for that long. So what's the, what's the ideal time that works for you, 10 15, 10, 20? It depends. It depends. It depends on the subject matter. Like Not today. yet, right? Not yet. Uh, we, we're able to sneak one in right now. Well, don't, no, don't promote the masses. No, I don't want them to there. call now, but like he gave me a question that I felt was, was, was fascinating. So I said, you know what? You can hang on. But when you've got so much football to discuss and like, a lot. there's topic overload, a hard, lot. To, hard to get you in You know, 30 minutes shy of, uh, of kickoff. And then somebody wanted to, to call at 930. A full hour before. Yeah, we can't do that. Dave, by the way, mm-hmm. um, I know we're like doing this thing where we're being nicer to each other. There's just, just one thing I have to address. Oh, here you. we go. So just, you, can't, you can't do it. That's fine. You know what? You do what you need to do. I have turned over a new leaf. It's, go ahead. It, I, I need to address it because I heard it live and I stored it in my brain. But then I heard it again when I was listening to the K-Show yesterday. Okay. It, it's either... 
you're a phony or you're just a bad parent. I don't know what's worse. So there's this idea floating around that if you're your kid who you love dearly, in theory more than anything, anything, who you would give your rib to. A lot, my life to, really. Your, your life. You Absolutely. would lay down your life for your kid. Sure would. It's fourth and goal uh, from the three, and he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Cowboys Chargers in the Super Bowl. Fourth and goal, touchdown wins the game. Five touchdowns, 500. We're talking about one of the all-time great performances right. in Super Bowl history. He scrambles right, running into the end zone. You're rooting for him to, you know, pull a Daniel Jones and trip up over the wind and, and fall short of the goal no. line? No. You're rooting no. against your kid if he's I'm the quarterback of the— I'm rooting for a perfect throw on the numbers, which is dropped by— Okay. CD Lamb. Like no. that kind of party. But I gave you a different scenario. He's got the ball in no, his No, I don't hand. want him. No. He's no, scrambling no, into the end said, zone. See, this is what happens. And Kay it was a savage. And just I don't need Kay commenting on what I'm saying. All right, you worry about your show, don't worry about our show. <laughs> All right? But what I said, and it started with this. It started with me saying on our show, and you can hear our show five to eight every week. The show was doing Ray. very well. By very way. well. Congratulations to you Thank guys. Thank you. Very well. And I said if the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl and somehow I could pay $10,000 to guarantee a Super Bowl loss, I would pay that Which money. just shows you how, how well the show is doing, that you you can afford to pay $10,000. No, it means that, I mean, listen, if it meant I had to take out a loan, <laughs> like I, I, whatever I could do to prevent it. And then Rick, because he's an animal, turned it up a notch and said, well, how about if your kid was the quarterback? And I even said, I said, you know what? I don't, e I don't know because I can't put myself in that position not knowing how I would feel. And he said, well, right now, if you actually had to answer the question, how would you answer it? I'm sorry. I love my kids. I would do anything for my kids. I am not rooting for the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl. So that I, I'm, you, I am not doing it. It makes you a terrible parent. I don't think so. Like, we should look at, at you know, if Sherry weren't such a good mom, foster care would be an option. But here, here is, to me, what's, what's so fascinating. Your kids are actually athletes right now. Yes. Lacrosse and baseball. Correct. How, how awesome would it be for, you know, Ben to become the starting quarterback of the Cowboys? It's, it's no, Cowboys, see, see, Giants, and I don't, championship That, to me, is not game. awesome. If he can become the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, he can become the starting quarterback for probably another team. Let's choose the other team. No, the Cowboys. Yes. I mean, it's the I most don't want it. Why, why does everybody say it's, they know better than I know? I know what I don't want. I don't want that. It's America's team. You want your son to be the face of America's team. No, see here, Michael knows better, and Rick knows better, and you know better. You don't know better. I don't want my child quarterbacking the Cowboys. I don't want it. At some point, what are you now, 57, 58? See, he, and, and Jake, Jake. <laughs> At some point, as you Jake, mature, no, you shut up for a second now, Jake. like fine wine. Jake. That was definitely a shot. Jake, do you see? We're going to have this, this re, the, a decorum, and we're going to have a respect for each other, of which I follow through. And, if, and, and he can't even make it into right, hour two. I apologize. I just no, you don't apologize. I do. You've I just, shown your true colors, and I will continue to keep my head above the water. I just feel passionately about this, man. Like, I, I root for you to do well, like, in your career, but also in your home. And I don't think it's in your best interest to, to have these opinions and, and voice them publicly. I'll, I'll, well, here's you the sound thing. Deranged. Part of the beauty that is me is I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. 
And just to one-up, Alex said, so I go to Ben's basketball game yesterday, right? And, a ki- and, I, and I guess even the kids, the youth of the, the, of, of the New York area are listening to our show. And one of his good friends, Drew, he says, Dave, let me ask you a question. If I played for the Cowboys, would you root for me? And I said, of course I'd root for you if you played for the Cowboys. He said, so if I played quarterback for the Cowboys, you would hope that I won the Super Bowl. I said, no, 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 (laughs) Drew. I said, I would root for you. I wouldn't root for you to ultimately win the whole thing. So Alex turns to me, and we're sitting there watching Ben's game, and we're analyzing, and we do this, and it's really unfair. We analyze every kid. And and what what happens now, like, I can't turn off being a sports talk show host. I can't turn it off. (laughs) Right? So it's like, I'll sit here and say, Daniel Jones, he can't do this, and he can't do that, and neither can this 12-year-old boy. He can't do it either. Right? And it's a sickness. But Alex and I were off to the side, and we're critiquing, we're analyzing. He goes, Dad, I don't want to be quarterback of the Cowboys. I said, of course you don't. Is, and, and I wouldn't want you to root for me if I was quarterback for the well, Cowboys. I, I'm sorry. I said, Alex, of course you wouldn't. I'm sorry, Alex. What is, what, how old is Alex? Alex I, is 11. I get confused because I know uh, Ben's, what, 14 now? 15? Uh, ben actually turned 15 this 15. week. 15. Okay, 15, happy birthday. Ty? We were just at the bar mitzvah. It's so crazy how— Just two years ago. How quickly it goes. Right? Uh, and actually, just a quick story. I cleaned my car. I, there's, I actually, for the first time— um, I got rid of the uh, invitation. Oh, no. But anyway, Alex, uh, no chance. It's draft day, the biggest day of your life. You get a call from Jerry Jones or, you know, maybe Stephen Jones. We don't we, we don't want a conversation with Jerry Jones. And, and and you're drafted as the starting or, in theory, the starting quarterback for the Cowboys. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. No, thanks. It's yeah. not happening, buddy. I'm uh, sorry. Okay. All right. That's fine. You believe what you believe. I know the truth. What we, we would We would turn into the Manning family. And it would be like, listen, we're not playing for the Chargers. Listen, we're not, we're not playing for the Cowboys. All right? Good luck to you. Draft someone else. We're not playing for the Cowboys. Yeah, but then how'd that work out for Eli? Bad karma. On how a, did it work out for you? Yeah, on, I, I would think pretty good. On Eli Manning Appreciation Day, the, uh, the Giants got blown out. So it didn't work Eli out Manning won two Super Bowls. <laughs> two, two of the most historic Super Bowls in the history he of the game. I think lucky. it turned out pretty, pretty decently. He got lucky. Two lucky throws. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing you. See, you, you, you I'm just, just teasing you. No, you can't be nice. I'm teasing you, Dave. Jake, is it off? Is it, is, are all bets off? No, is it just open not. season we, hour? We didn't even last two hours. No, this, you guys it, expect to last you? all of 2022? Well, you they, guys didn't even last two. You didn't no, even no, last no, 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 Jake, not you guys. Ty did not last till Stump Rothenberg. You want Dave to last two hours? He could barely last three minutes, last I heard. Yeah, and, the, then, and there's another one. Good Lord, you're good. Here's what I'm, Jake, and I'm looking at you, Jake, when I said I'm, I'm, I'm kinder than Ty. I think that is is very well. You know what it is, Dave. No, you know what it is. No, uh, it's the, it's the syndrome. Like when you really like someone, you meet. You're like fifth grade. You really like them, but you don't know how to express. So it's like it. you're kicking me in the shins here. Yeah. So you're mean to them. I think that's what it is. I admire you, but it would be boring if every every Saturday I came. Dave, you're the greatest thing since. No, I'm bread. just just be a decent oh, human being. Dave, did you see Ty's Instagram? Well, you don't. Ha- Do you have Instagram? He needs no, because there. But is I will a tell Dave you this, Ro- and this is how Dave. I know that I'm somewhat somewhat doing well here in my life. There are, I believe, three fake Dave Rothenberg Instagram accounts. Look at you. You haven't made it until you have a fake Instagram made. And there's multiple fake ones. So you have definitely made it. But Ty actually put an Instagram story out, and he was basically playing audio, the audio that he played in the earlier segment of us talking about him, and the caption said, a bunch of fifth-grade girls talking about their school crush. 
It was cute. Ty D Butler on Twitter and Instagram. If you want oh, to man, look him, at you. Way. I mean, you, you you really are. You, you, you like the you like the what's that? The, the like the it it, it Julianne's. Remember that commercial? The 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 Ginsu knife. Just these like like the propaganda of this. That's what you are. Listen, I enjoy doing the show. I missed it, man. Like this is how I express I missed you. And and if it offends you, I apologize. Don't be so sensitive. No, the thing that I find to be shocking, and I and I have the games in front of me. We're gonna get to them in just a second. Is that we go through this whole song and dance at the start of the show about how it's where we flip the calendar. We're gonna really make strides. We're not gonna make fun of each other. We're not gonna be cruel and mean. And you lasted an hour, <laughs> and uh, an hour. It's tough with this man. new leaf. It's tough. It's tough. But you but know, you know what? what, Jake, you would already pronounce me as the winner of this competition. Yes, I think you won for sure. Uh, I'm gonna continue. Uh, my goal, and you can do what you want with it, Ty. Clearly, I don't know if you're capable or you're doing it on purpose. I'm going to continue to take the high road, and I will allow you to do whatever it is that you deem necessary. I'll be nicer to, to you only because, no, only, no, because only because I know you've had a rough, uh, what, five-year stretch of Giants football where you've got the worst record in the NFL uh, over the last five years. I'll be nicer to you because better days are coming, my friend. Better days are coming. I think so. Um you know what I do find comical, though, is the Jets fan who, who feigns like, oh, I feel so awful for the Giants. I mean, really, you haven't, you haven't been to the, the, the playoffs in, in more than a decade. I know, but— You haven't I mean, won a Super Bowl in 53 years. I don't need your sympathy. Yeah, but to hear questions now, who would you rather be a fan of uh, right now? Uh, now, not, this was the a week ago. The, oh, the Giants. Uh, so let's go the, a week the, ago. The, the okay. Giants. Dave, the, Dave. It's, not, it's not even a question. To be fair, to be fair, let's, let's revisit— a week ago, let's like travel in the time machine. This is when we thought they, um, Joe Judge was coming back uh, to be the head coach of this football team. It was it, a legitimate it, it, question. It will, until I inform you otherwise, it will always be the Giants. You really. feel that way, but there were some people who felt you know they'd rather be a Jet fan. Well, here, here's the thing: we're sitting here and we're looking about. Oh my God! I mean, the Giants are so bad, and the lamping stock. The Jets are terrible. They are, but the Giants are worse. I'd still, I would still take the Jets. The Jets have, a, uh, we think, might have a quarterback, might have a head coach, got some draft capital, cap space, draft capital. cap space. Listen, I hope the Jets. I, I, I can't endure another season next year where they combine for eight wins. Like that, that is just, it's incredible. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. All right, we'll see if you can. Many have tried. Very few have succeeded. Stump Rothenberg, 9870 ESPN, brought to you by Slomans. Uh, Ty, you weren't here last week, but I know the uh, the updated record is kept in front of you. Where, where are we through you one week of 2022? are red hot, my friend, to say the least, 12-2. and two, And I've been told that one of the two losses came courtesy of the esteemed Jake Montgomery. Oh, yeah. How about that? 
Real? I don't. I, I don't think I, I, I stumped you in you twenty. Me, Jake. Yeah. I have no recollection of what the question was. What was it? It was a Jonathan Taylor, uh, Eric Dickerson question. Right. It was yes. like what? What running back has run for two thousand scrimmage yards and twenty and, touchdowns? Right. He but, probably um, said Ladainian Tomlinson. No, he I, said Chris Johnson, who has the most scrimmage yards ever. So it was a good guess, but I don't think I stumped you at all in twenty twenty one. So I'm off to a good start. Look this at year. you, Jake. And I think I might be able to get you again today. R- Jake, very confident. I'm, I'm confident this <laughs> wow. year, baby. It's That's a new, you, new you give the guy one little taste and all of a year, sudden. New he's, me, uh, baby. You know that he, guy who goes to the gym for the first week of the new year, then just quits? That's me right now. I'm you, at you're the, like gi- the guy I'm at you, the gym. you took off three pounds in week one of, of twenty twenty two and all of a sudden you're like, I'll be one seventy five and svelte by, by in no time. Feeling good, Dave. <laughs> all right. Let's go. Uh, Ty, you, you really believe these are excellent questions that people are waiting with, oh, yes? It's, it's right up your alley. We've got NFL. We've got presidents. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. Here we go. We'll, we'll just go right down the list. Now, this guy doesn't usually call for Stump Rothenberg, although he is a frequent caller to, to many shows, and that is Cullum in the Bronx. Cullum, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave. I have called for Stump Rothenberg a few times. My record against you in my entire time calling is I've stumped you twice and I've failed seven times. Okay, so two and seven. All right. Where are we going? So we're going with NFL, and Uh my question is touchdown to interception ratio. The number one NFL in NFL history is Aaron Rodgers, and number two is Patrick Mahomes. I would like you to round out the top five of the best touchdown-to-interception ratio in NFL history. All right, now here's the thing. Uh, I believe Russell Wilson and then Brady and then Deshaun Watson. But I don't I don't like – and, and, Ty, we gotta, we got to do something about this starting the new year. we got to stop with the, the three-part questions. They are singular questions. Is that right, Wilson, Brady, Watson? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> But Ty, you agree with that, right? We can't we can't have three part questions. Okay, so can we? Ma- here's here's the challenge, Dave. Let me let me run this by you. Yeah, you're so good at this. I mean, you finished last year three fifty eight and seventy four. We got to okay. create like the difficulty level has to increase to, to some degree. Can we make two part be the max? I mean, it's supposed to be a singular. Depending, singular part. just depending on. Just depending I'm gonna on leave it question. up to you because I think you do a nice job. But like a question like that, okay. I, that's that's an unfair question. I think I happen to know the, it because I read it the other day. I was about to say, how did you rattle off three, four, five like that in a split second? Because I re- I just read that the other day. Okay, and that what make, I do is I, that I makes take sense. it and I file it away. But <laughs> I I don't I don't like I, I don't I don't know. I'm not a fan of the multiple part questions. All right, so I'll use my jurisdiction on, yes. on two parters. You can be the arbiter when okay. it comes to that. Two-parter, up to you. Three-parter, no good. Not, that's Steve, not very the lead. One and oh. Steve, thank you. Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, go ahead. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. I've got a football question for you, of course, for Wild Card Weekend. Okay. Who was the last non-kicker punter from Tom Brady's 2000 draft class to play in the NFL? So this guy was in the class or he was a free agent in the class? He was in the class. He was a draftee in 2000. Last one non-kicker punter to play a game in the NFL. Last non-kicker punter. Yes. Um, all right, so that was seven rounds. And you got to think. So so that could be, I mean, it could be a first-round pick, right? Correct. All right, so it's not going to be a running back, obviously. Hmm. 
Hmm. Chad Pennington played for a while. I think that's that class. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to get this. This is a tough question. The 2000 draft class. I think Fred Robbins played for a long time. I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny. The Jets defensive coordinator is, was in that draft class. Um, I don't know. Um, I will guess, and this is purely a guess. I really don't know the answer to this. Um, I'm going to guess Chad Pennington, but I know it's not right. Final answer? Yeah. Don Abraham, 2014 with the Cardinals. Oh, did I mention him? No, you didn't mention I didn't? Him. I was thinking about John Abraham and, and Sean Ellis, and, and I went with, um, that's a shame. I did really think of that. All right, so he, he moves on. We're one and one. We continue. Luke in Connecticut. Luke, you're on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, Dave? Uh, I'm, I gave you your other loss last week. Oh, here we What's go. Every, everybody's a fan of beating me in Stump <laughs> Of course. I look forward to it every week. Okay. All right. Goldberg. He was a football player. Who drafted him? You mean the, the wrestler? Yeah, the wrestler, Bill Goldberg. So I, he played it. Is he the one that played at Georgia? And then The Rock played at Miami, right? I think. And I was going to ask you that instead. but luckily I, I think the guy. Rams, but I'm not 100% sure. He's the one that went to Georgia. Yeah. Oh, God. Was he drafted by the Rams? So I think he had some Panthers something in there, too. Played for a couple teams. Yeah. I'm going to, because I think the draft was bigger back then than the seven rounds it is now. I, I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. Uh, I'm not lucky this week. Yeah, you got it. There we go. <laughs> Two and one. That's a nice one, huh, Ty? That, that's a good pull on that's your a, part. That's a good pull. All right, now we're two and one, and we go to Spider in Connecticut. Good morning, Spider. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. All right, here we go. We're going to stick with the NFL, but a little different play on it. Uh, well, it's, it's more than the NFL. All right. What is the only U.S. city where the three professional sports teams share the same color scheme? Oh, my God. Only U.S. City that the three professional sports teams share the same color scheme. Yes. You know it, Dave. You think so? Yeah, Did you, you know this, Ty? I didn't know it, but once he told me, I'm like, oh, come on. I knew that. So it's got so it's a city but that has three. So it can't be like a – so Pittsburgh doesn't have basketball. Could it be Pittsburgh? 
So Steelers going correct. How about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is correct. Well done. Yes! Yes! I love that answer. <laughs> that was a good job by me. Good lord, you're good. As, ah. you're, as, as you're going through the Rolodex, you stumbled upon the answer. Like the, fir like the first try. Well, I was thinking. I was like, so it's got to be a city that only has three teams. And then so the that eliminates a lot. Pittsburgh, boom. I was very annoyed with myself for not getting that one. That's a, that's a good question. That's a gettable question, too. Oh, this is very stressful. All right, this guy always presents a problem. That's Chris and Beth Page. Chris, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, it's an honor to follow a man named Spider. It really is. So I <laughs> yes, I, I knew you'd feel that way, and that's why I set it up like that, Chris. Thank you. Um, all right, Dave. Presidential trivia. Okay. Now, all right. Now, there's, it's a three-part answer one, oh, but if God. you just give me one of the – no, no. But if you okay. just give me one of the participants, you'll get it correct. I'll give it to you that way, okay? Okay. So this is what happened. Twice in U.S. history, a, a president – had a vice president resign underneath him, who was serving for him, and he was replaced by a vice president that became a future president. It happened with Nixon. Agnew resigned, and then Gerald Ford became the vice president. He ultimately became the president. What other time in U.S. history did that happen? If you just give me one of the participants, you'll get it correct, okay? So you're looking for the president or you're looking for the vice president? Whatever you give me was fine. Like I said, it happened exactly the way it did with Nixon. Nixon was the president. The vice president that resigned was Spiro Agnew. The person that replaced him was Gerald Ford, who eventually became president. It happened exactly like that one other time in U.S. history. If you give me one of the three participants, one of the three people, when it happened, I'll give you credit for the answer. No, I don't think I know this. Um, Polk. Is that your final answer? No. Because I know Taylor followed him. Oh. and So maybe it's Taylor. Because Polk might have served his whole term. Taylor was the president. Bill Moore took over. He became president. I'll go that Taylor Fillmore combination. Well, wow, that's a great guess, Dave. But the answer is Andrew Jackson was president. John C. Calhoun was his vice president. He resigned. Then Martin Van Buren became Jackson's vice president. And Van Buren eventually became the eighth president right after Jackson. It happened twice in U.S. history. That was the, the only other time. So why, why uh, thank you for the buzz, why is my Taylor to Fillmore not right? Because didn't Fillmore take over because, for Taylor? But there wasn't a vice president that resigned. I said there had to be a vice president oh, that right. resigned. Only two vice presidents have resigned in history. All right, Bill I got Wagner it. Okay. And Johnson, All right, John put him on hold. Moore. He gets to play in the second. I want to take one more and then we'll break. Cause, boy, that's a brutal question. Um, Drew in Jersey. Drew, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, how are you? All right. Hi. Um, I called you a couple of weeks ago and asked you about the um, who had the most RBIs in the 40s, and you went back and forth between uh, Williams and DiMaggio, but didn't get the right answer, which was okay. Bob Elliott. So I'm going to do you a DiMaggio-Williams question today. Okay. When Di 1941, DiMaggio had his 56-game hitting streak. Ted Williams hit 406. 
who led the American League in hits? So it's obviously not going to be one of those two guys. So 1941. 1941, the most hits in the American League. DiMaggio, I don't think, had 200 hits that year. Oh, well, and there's no way Willie was up there. What team could it be on? So it's not going to be the Red Sox, it's going to be the Yankees. You know it'd be great if it was like Dom DiMaggio, but I don't, I don't think he, he led the league. Could it be Luke Appling with the White Sox? So it's not a huge selection because there's not that many teams. Well, Cecil Travis always had a million hits, but I don't know if 41 was his year. Travis. So it's not. It's not going to be. It's not going to be DiMaggio. And it's not going to be um, Williams. So you're you're going to go off the grid. No, I'm just going to give you the hit leader. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I know it. I'll. It's probably over 200. I don't think DiMaggio had 200. I'm thinking Appling or Travis. I don't think it's right, but I'll go Cecil Travis. Who are you saying? Cecil Travis. That is correct. Yes! What a guess. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. Good stuff there, buddy. At four and two, we roll along into round two. We'll take a couple more regular questions and then go with the college portion. John Staten Island. John, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, all right. How you doing, Dave? Good. All right, so who holds the record for the most interceptions in NFL history? In a season, in a career? In, in history, in his career. I think it's and Brett he's Favre. He's the actual leader right now. I think it's Brett Favre, isn't no, it? He no, he meant defensive player. Defensive I'm player. saying defense. Defense. Oh. Like who? Um... Most interception. Now you're talking about. It was Paul Krause. Um, you're talking about in a career. Yeah, in a career. I think I think it's Paul Krause. History. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, eighty-one, I believe, is the number. All right. So what 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 is that now? Is that five and two, Ty? Uh, you are five and two. All right. We'll take one more. Alvin in the Bronx. Alvin, go ahead. Hey, what's going on? What's up, Alvin? All right. What's going on? In the movie Semi-Pro, and the famous poker scene, what did Cornelius call Lou to get to the point that he drew out a gun? I have no idea. Ty, you've done a great job. That's a terrible question. 
isn't it? Jake, be the arbiter here. Is that a terrible question? <laughs> yeah, bad. I mean, yeah. really. Uh, so you get me. You can you can mark it against me. You can go on hold and ask your college question. I'm not even I'm not even wasting time on that one. All right, let's go round two. Ty, do you do you admit in hearing that again? You're like, wait, I Dave, I want to stump you. Oh, you want to play? Dave, I right, got you, you last question. week, man. I'm going. I want to go two for two. Is that okay? Go, of course. Go All on. right. So I like a football question, of course, with it being, you know, the wild super wild card weekend. My question for you is, which college has produced the most Super Bowl quarterbacks? So quarterbacks who have winning? appeared, not winning, just appeared in the Super Bowl. Which college has produced the most Super Bowl appearing quarterbacks? Um, Jim Kelly's four. No, it's if it's one player, that counts as one person. Oh, okay. So, like, Tom Brady is not – Michigan is not the answer. How about Purdue? It's funny because that's actually Ty's guess when I ran it by him this morning. So I got it wrong. And you got it wrong. <laughs> Jake is two for two, ladies and gentlemen. The correct answer is one that you probably would not have guessed. It's actually the University of California. They've had five quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff lately. And then the other three are Joe Cap, Craig Morden, and Vince Ferragamo. And for your Purdue guess, Purdue and Alabama actually have the most Super Bowl winning quarterbacks with three each. So I'm two for two, Dave. I'm Very well good. versed. Like, see, now that's a much better question than the semi-tough question. Yeah, that, that one uh, I have no idea what went on there. So I, here's what I would suggest, Ty. We'll get to the, the rapid-fire college portion now. We just eliminate that semi-pro question. Like, that never that never happened. Is that fair? <laughs> uh, that's a terrible question, no? <laughs> yeah, five and four, my friend. You, so you're going to count it, huh? We're gonna, we got we to gotta get the ball rolling. RJ Bell's coming in. Here. All right, listen, we, 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 he will be patient with us. All right, Steve, and some of these questions. He gets really Steve's, annoyed when, when we're late. He, he just texted me back, no problem. <laughs> He's I just said, waking. we might be a few minutes late. He said, no problem. He's just waking up. Steve in, in Brooklyn. Steve, I know you, you, you respect this segment greatly. I'm sorry that you had to endure some of those it's questions. It's impossible to get the daily double, so I'll take my shot out of here and see. Take your shot. Okay. Uh, long-time Orlando Magic guard, Daryl Armstrong. Who I believe, did he wear number zero? He also played with the uh, the Miami Heat, right? Yeah. Um, uh, no stint with the Heat. Finished with the Mets, though. I could have sworn he played with the Heat as well, but uh, the point guard, right? Um, he went to Fayetteville yes. State. Fayetteville State. Yep, you're too good, Dave. Um, okay, so so add that to the total. Uh, and now, Chris, with the—I mean, we've never had the daily double happen, right? We've never had it happen. Now, Chris, be respectful because he can ask some grotesque daily doubles when he does get me in the first round. So, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I won't. And I'll just quickly say, yeah, you got to stop with the, that. Opens up the gate to very bad movies that nobody cares about. They can ask any question from movies nobody cares about. So. That opened up the floodgates. I'm glad you shut that guy down. Seriously. Anyhow. Um, All right. So, Henry Ellard, Dave, wide receiver. Henry Ellard for the Rams. He was a good receiver. I believe wore number. Great receiver. He was a really good receiver. I believe the Rams, uh, Washington, uh, number 80, if memory serves correct. You're right. One of the the great receivers of all time, uh, Fresno State, I believe. And you are correct, David. Good job. 
And there you have it. So Good nobody job. continues to have stumped me in uh, the daily double. In the portion. daily double. All right, Ty, what do you got? Ready for rapid fire? Let's do it, buddy. Yeah. All right, Marcus Smart, Oklahoma State. Correct. Oh! Blast from the past, Keith Bogans. Kentucky. Wow, look at you, two oh! for two. Oh, Paul Millsap. Louisiana Tech. Wow. I think this one is easy, but one of Jordan Farmar. Farmar. Yes. I believe had a bar mitzvah. Oh, he did. Yes, UCLA. <laughs> I love the I love the random nuggets, parties, and and jersey numbers. All right, finally watched him last night beat the Bulls. Uh, Damian Lee. It's a trick question because he went to two colleges. So all you have to do is give me one of the colleges he attended. Damian Lee. Uh-oh, this might be the first time I stumped you. I think he went to Drexel. You're not paid to think, you're paid to know. All right. Drexel. And then finished at Louisville, I believe. You're not paid to believe, you're paid to know. Oh, you do know. 12-4, and four, baby. That wraps it up. So after going 12-2 and two last week, you go 12-4 and four today. I uh, did have a friend just text me. It's not amazing. He's clearly Googling. But we ignore the haters, my man. We ignore the haters. But you make sure to drop it in yeah, there. Yeah. We ignore them. Because you're that kind of guy. We yeah, ignore so the haters. So when I answer them instantaneously, I have I no. voice-activated Google here. The, the lead is that through two weeks, you are 24-6. and six, And no one else on the planet is doing that in the trivia. Good Lord, no you're good. No one else can do that. No one else. It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. All right, the frenzy is here. You love it. You need it. You've got it. RJ Bell with me as always on this Saturday morning. 1-800-919-3776. RJ, you ready to roll with the frenzy? Lo- phone lines yeah, are you- lit up. You know, before I started drinking Coke Zero, I had Diet Coke, and I hated the like what, the ingredients in it, but I became addicted to Diet Coke, so it's kind of like the frenzy. I like that. And you didn't want to love it, and now you do. All right, here we go. You need it. Ra- you need it. That's right. You need it. We will now give it to you. Here we go. Rapid fire. No hellos. How are you? What's going on, RJ? I think you're great. Love you in ballers. None of that. Right to your question. John, Staten Island, show us how it's done. John, you're on the frenzy. Give me a 14 parlay for this weekend. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a 14 parlay. I mean, listen, that is no nonsense. But that would give away all the picks. So let's just, let's say throughout the rest of the show we'll build a 14 parlay for him. The first leg is under Cincinnati. Okay, under 48 and a half with Cincinnati. By the way, the tweets also pouring in. People really want advice. Um, here's a question. You didn't really you didn't really get into this um, as far as who you like. Maybe you don't like anybody, and that's fine too. Young TC tweets in, do you think the Bengals cover the, the five and a half or the six? Because of the sharpness of the action on the Raiders, I would lean Raiders there. Though, again, my instinct would have been Cincy which I can see why it was a faulty instinct. It's still, I don't think there's a value on the Raiders. So I would uh, I would lean Raiders, but don't like it. Brad in Jersey. Brad, you're on the frenzy. What would the Jets' record be next year if they drafted two offensive linemen with their top ten picks this year? 
I, I don't I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. I wouldn't have an issue with the, the Giants doing it or the Jets doing it. I think those teams are both in need. But the Giants more so than the Jets. But I think both of those teams really need offensive line help. And I don't know what, what's going to happen with Becton. And Moses is a free agent. Fran in Massapequa. Fran, you're on the frenzy. Am I insane in the membrane for thinking the Tennessee Titans and Tannehill can win the Super Bowl? If you look at the odds, the odds are surprisingly generous for Tennessee, which is a sign of, of a lack of belief in them. I would make the following case is with Henry back, and if, if Jones can actually stay healthy, this will be the team they dreamed about in the offseason, and they haven't had that hardly at all, Tennessee, and they've still best record in the AFC. Vrabel was a great coach. So to me it would feel a lot like the Patriots, their first Super Bowl, they won, but you know, with defense and you know, but I don't think it's unbelievable, especially because who's the perfect team? I think you can see flaws in every team, which is rare in the NFL. Here's the thing, and I might be wrong, and it's happened many times in the past, and might be, <clears throat> excuse me, this case as well. I just, if I had to rank the teams that I look at as the favorites in the AFC, RJ, I'd go Kansas City one, Buffalo two, and Tennessee three, and I don't know that it's fair. But for some reason, I just do not trust Tennessee to win the AFC. Well, listen, when one game, I mean, when Tennessee beat Baltimore and, you know, in a late, late kind of situation, and then they did the same to Buffalo, those two games could have swung, you know, easily the other way. And if they had, then Tennessee is in a complete different spot. So in a weird way, the NFL lends itself to disparate results. The fact that so many people don't repeat as playoff participants so many teams it's not that teams change that much it's you could replay the same season start right. today and get a million and it different, would be variations. different results yeah which is why yep. the fact that kansas city is going for three consecutive appearances in the super bowl is just that remarkable agreed um nano tweets in isn't patriots bills under 44 the best bet out there right now Okay, now that's interesting. When you have teams that know each other particularly well, are very familiar in division, it tends to less scoring. I also think, and we'll get into it when we get into the game, that the really cold weather is, uh, historically leads to less scoring. So I think under is, is not a bad play there. It just feels a little obvious to me, and I'm always a little apprehensive if plays are obvious. Let's go to Jason in Jersey. Jason, you're next up on the football frenzy. Gun reaction, leap of faith, your money's on the line, your life's on the line. Are the Green Bay Packers going to make the Super Bowl this year? My life's on the line, huh? Your life is on the well, line. I'm gonna You're go, now gambling I'm, your life. I'm going to go with the favorite then. And, and Green Bay, it's just a matter of me mechanics. They've got to win two home games. Right. And every other team has to win three games, and they won't necessarily all be at home, though it could be if Green Bay loses the first one. Um, personally, too, I think Arizona trending down. I think there's some real cracks on the Dallas or within the Dallas team. Imperfect. Tampa Bay questions about playmaker. Rams questions about being top heavy. I mean, Green Bay is a team you could make the case has the least questions in the NFC. But now the question becomes, how good is that defense? Because it showed cracks. But now they're getting back a cornerback. They're getting back a left tackle. This is the rare team with a good regular season that's trending up health-wise. 
I would say they're the favorite out of the NFC. They're clearly the favorite out of the NFC. And you mentioned just the first two things. They only have to play two games, and they're both at home. And right there, without anything else being said, makes them the favorite. Dave and Queen. Best home field field in the NFL, and it's not even close, Green Bay. Dominant. Dave and Queens, you're on the frenzy, Dave. If Rich Versace doesn't get retained by the Raiders, does he get um, interviews this year, and does he coach in the league in the next two years, do you think? I personally, RJ, and this is your hometown team now at this point, think that if he's not the head coach of the Raiders, he's not coaching head coach-wise in the league next year. I think that's for certain, almost almost certain, that he wouldn't be because if there's any place that he's built a following, that he has fans, he'll be within that building. And if for whatever reason he doesn't, then there's – now, here's the thing. Some owners, if you look at the Miami situation as it's being leaked, it doesn't look like the owner's assessment is very savvy or very thought out. It looks like Flores had a good position. Some others had a different position, and he got tossed. It's possible that he's really good, but the Raiders won't see it because historically the Raiders have been erratic when it comes to head coaches. Who are we kidding? All right, let's blow it dead. That is the end of another successful football frenzy with Rothenberg and Bell. It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. All right, the frenzy is here. You love it. You need it. You've got it. RJ Bell with me as always on this Saturday morning. 1-800-919-3776. RJ, you ready to roll with the frenzy? Phone lines yeah, are you- lit up. You know, before I started drinking Coke Zero, I had Diet Coke, and I hated the like what, the ingredients in it, but I became addicted to Diet Coke, so it's kind of like the frenzy. I like that. And you didn't want to love it, and now you do. All right, here we go. You need it. Ra- you need it. That's right. You need it. We will now give it to you. Here we go. Rapid fire. No hellos. How are you? What's going on, RJ? I think you're great. Love you in ballers. None of that. Right to your question. John, Staten Island, show us how it's done. John, you're on the frenzy. Give me a 14 parlay for this weekend. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) He wants a 14 parlay. I mean, listen, that is no nonsense. But that would give away all the picks. So let's let's say throughout the rest of the show we'll build a 14 parlay for him. The first leg is under Cincinnati. Okay, under 48-and-a-half with Cincinnati. By the way, the tweet's also pouring in. People really want advice. Um, here's a question. You didn't really you didn't really get into this um, as far as who you like. Maybe you don't like anybody, and that's fine, too. Young TC tweets in, do you think the Bengals cover the, the five-and-a-half or the six? Because of the sharpness of the action on the Raiders, I would lean Raiders there. Though, again, my instinct would have been Cincy which I can see why it was a faulty instinct. It's still, I don't think there's a value on the Raiders. So I would uh, I would lean Raiders, but don't like it. Brad in Jersey. Brad, you're on the frenzy. What would the Jets' record be next year if they drafted two offensive linemen with their top ten picks this year? I, I, don't, I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. I wouldn't have an issue with the, the Giants doing it or the Jets doing it. I think those teams are both in need. But the Giants more so than the Jets. I think both of those teams really need offensive line help. And I don't know what, what's going to happen with Becton. And Moses is a free agent. Fran and Massapequa. Fran, you're on the frenzy. Am I insane in the membrane for thinking the Tennessee Titans 
and Tannehill can win the Super Bowl. If you look at the odds, the odds are surprisingly generous for Tennessee, which is a sign of, of a lack of belief in them. I would make the following case is with Henry back, and if, if Jones can actually stay healthy, this will be the team they dreamed about in the offseason, and they haven't had that hardly at all, Tennessee, and they've still best record in the AFC. Vrabel was a great coach. So to me, it would feel a lot like the Patriots, their first Super Bowl they won, but, you know, with defense and, you know, but I don't think it's unbelievable, especially because who's the perfect team? I think you can see flaws in every team, which is rare in the NFL. Here's the thing, and I might be wrong, and it's happened many times in the past and might be, excuse me, this case as well. I just, if I had to rank the teams that I look at as the favorites in the AFC, RJ, I'd go Kansas City 1, Buffalo 2, and Tennessee 3. And I don't know that it's fair, but for some reason I just do not trust Tennessee to win the AFC. Well, listen, when one game, I mean, when Tennessee beat Baltimore and, you know, in a late, late kind of situation, and then they did the same to Buffalo, those two games could have swung, you know, easily the other way. And if they had, then Tennessee is in a complete different spot. So in a weird way, the NFL lends itself to disparate results. The fact that so many people don't repeat as playoff participants, so many teams, it's not that teams change that much. It's you could replay the same season start right. today. And get a million and it different, would be variations. different results. Yeah, which is why yep. the fact that Kansas City is going for three consecutive appearances in the Super Bowl is just that remarkable. Agreed. Um, Nano tweets in, isn't Patriots Bills under 44 the best bet out there right now? Okay, now that's interesting. When you have teams that know each other particularly well, are very familiar in division, it tends to less scoring. I also think, and we'll get into it when we get into the game, that the really cold weather is uh, historically leads to less scoring. So I think under is, is not a bad play there. It just feels a little obvious to me, and I'm always a little apprehensive if plays are obvious. So let's go to Jason in Jersey. Jason, you're next up on the football frenzy. Gun reaction, leap of faith. Your money's on the line. Your life's on the line. Are the Green Bay Packers going to make the Super Bowl this year? My life's on the line, huh? Your life is on the well, line. I'm gonna You're go, now gambling I'm, your life. I'm going to go with the favorite then. And, and Green Bay, it's just a matter of me- mechanics. They've got to win two home games. Right. And every other team has to win three games, and they won't necessarily all be at home, though it could be if Green Bay loses the first one. Um, personally, too, I think Arizona trending down. I think there's some real cracks on the Dallas or within the Dallas team. Imperfect. Tampa Bay questions about playmaker. Rams questions about being top heavy. I mean, Green Bay is a team you could make the case has the least questions in the NFC. But now the question becomes, how good is that defense? Because it showed cracks. But now they're getting back a cornerback. They're getting back a left tackle. This is the rare team with a good regular season that's trending up health-wise. I would say they're the favorite out of the NFC. They're clearly the favorite out of the NFC. And you mentioned just the first two things. They only have to play two games, and they're both at home. And right there, without anything else being said, makes them the favorite. Dave and Queen. Best home field field in the NFL, and it's not even close, Green Bay. Dominant. Dave and Queens, you're on the frenzy, Dave. 
if Rich Versace doesn't get retained by the Raiders, does he get um, interviews this year and does he coach in the league in the next two years, do you think? I personally, RJ, and this is your hometown team now at this point, think that if he's not the head coach of the Raiders, he's not coaching head coach-wise in the league next year. I think that's for certain, almost, almost certain, that he wouldn't be because if there's any place that he's built a following, that he has fans, he'll be within that building. And if for whatever reason he doesn't, then there's now here's the thing some owners if you look at the miami situation as it's being leaked it doesn't look like the owner's assessment is very savvy or very thought out it looks like flores had a good position some others had a different position and he got tossed it's possible that he's really good but the raiders won't see it because historically the raiders have been erratic when it comes to head coaches who are we kidding All right, let's blow it dead. That is the end of another successful football frenzy with Rothenberg and Bell.